In this episode, we're talking about a time when they counted me out. And man, uh, I got to tell you, going back down memory lane, I get a little bit emotional about it. But uh, if they ever counted you out in life or told you you couldn't do something, this episode is for you. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Money, Markets, and Mindset Podcast where it's all about learning how to have your money work hard for you instead of you working hard for it. And now your host, stock market coach and options trader, Jason Brown. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another edition of the Money Markets and Mindset podcast. You know me, I'm your host, Jason Brown, stock market coach and options trader. And I hope you're having a great day. Uh, wherever you listen to the podcast, I, I appreciate uh, you tuning in for these episodes. And I was just thinking, you know, about some things in my life. I was talking to a good friend of mine and I was just talking about and thinking about how I wanted to make such a big impact or I want to and I still do. And I feel like I am and I want to continue way into the future. And I was talking to my buddy, my best friend, Zoe, and I was like, man, I I don't know where this energy or this drive comes from. And the more we kept talking and the more I thought about it, I realized that the drive comes from the fact that they counted me out. And when I say they counted me out, I think about society. I think about certain teachers along the way in my journey to becoming an adult. I feel like certain people counted me out and I didn't take that negative. I didn't take it um, and use it to make excuses, but I took it and repackaged it and I use it as energy. You know, when they when they say people are hating on you or something like that, it's like the best way to uh, pay back your haters is to become successful. So the there's no revenge sweeter than success. And so this is for all my people who they counted out. This is for all my people. This episode is for all my people who they told you you couldn't do something. They told you you weren't smart enough, tall enough, cute enough, slim enough, because that's how I felt. And I took it and I was like, let's go. Like, let's go. Let's go against all odds. Let's go defy everything that they said about me. And let's go get involved in an industry where, um, you know, people don't look like me and, you know, people don't come from where I come from that typically get into the stock market or invest in industry. And so when I look back and I was thinking, like, where did this passion or this energy come from for teaching this? I look back and I remember when I was a little kid. And when I say little, I mean, had to be something like second or second through fourth grade, perhaps. I'm not really sure. But I remember being at somewhere in that age range between second and fourth grade. So I guess I was somewhere between seven. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Five, six, seven, something, something like that. And when I look back, maybe I was eight. But I look back and now I specifically remember. I remember being in school And I remember getting in trouble and quote unquote trouble. And I I was getting in trouble so much that the teachers, you know, called my mother up to the school and they basically, long story short, is they wanted to put me on like 
Ritalin or something. I just call it drugs. I'm like, these people wanted to give me drugs. And the reason was they were just saying that I'm so hyper. I, you know, I don't pay attention. I like talking. And um, I, I think because I did, I like, I wasn't a person that could sit still and get lectured at. I'm still that way to this day. Like I, I don't do well in classrooms, in a corporate environment. I don't do well on conference calls or sitting through like a long lecture of just somebody talking to me. I've always been that way. But I look back and my mother never put me on Ritalin or never, you know, for whatever reason, she never went through with that advice. And I'm so, so grateful that that she didn't. But when I look back on it, that was a moment in my life where I felt like society or somebody else was telling me that, you know, something was wrong with me, something that I like to do was wrong and I can't do that right now. And I need to be like the rest of the people. And I don't know if you can relate to that, you know, where somewhere in your life you wanted to go a different path. You wanted to do things your way. You wanted to go a different career path. And maybe uh, maybe you never took that chance. Maybe you're still sitting in a job you don't like. Maybe you're married to a person you don't like, or maybe you're, you're still doing something that you're not passionate about because you fell to the peer pressure of everybody else and, and, and what they were telling you that you should do. And so I remember, I, I, I don't know how long it took me to realize I f had feelings around that, but I know looking back now as an adult, I clearly had feelings around like, wow, these people are trying to decide my life and what I should be doing and, um, and I should be taking drugs just because I like talking and I don't like uh, just sitting still and I don't like just getting lectured at. But I look at what they, what they or society, the teachers said was a negative and I look at how it helps me today because I like analyzing a bunch of different information in the stock market. I like looking at charts. I like finding what's moving, what's shaking. So it's, it's, it's funny. I like talking into a microphone. I like uh, talking to a camera when nobody's around, right? When I make YouTube videos, there's nobody staring back at you, communicating with you. I'm talking to the camera. And because I like to talk, I like to express my feelings. I like to share. I just find it really funny that what was a negative or at least what they told me was a negative and that I need drugs for and that I need to, um, you know, change for actually became one of the things that really helps me out in life. It became my profession to talk more often on the microphone, to talk in front of a camera, to to act out, to be animated, so to speak, on video or just uh, in life and, and be analytical and, and love things that's moving and shaking and not necessarily interested in things that are boring or stale or typical or, uh, you know, the status quo, so, so to speak. And so it's interesting that when they counted me out at that time in my life, that that would come back to me and be one of the benefits in my life. And so you know, you fast forward, I remember working a job and I got a story I'm going to share with you about basically what really one of the key events, there's several key events, but one of the key events that really turned me on to the stock market and why I take teaching so serious, why I believe it's an honor to even teach the stock market and why 
I'm passionate about the feedback we get. I'm passionate about our students, their results, um, or if they're not getting results, I'm passionate. I, I take it heavily. Um, like, how can I help them uh, be better at what they do? And I'm gonna share that story with you in a moment here. But I remember another time where I felt like society like counted me out. And that's when I had made a lot of money trading in the stock market, lost a lot of money. And then I had to go back to work. And I remember people kind of coming at me like, oh, you know, I knew that didn't work or I knew it wouldn't last or, or, or that type of mentality. And, you know, I felt this like pit in my stomach and it wasn't nervousness. It was like, man, if one more person say that to me, like I'm putting your name on a piece of paper. I remember a mentor of mine when I was in network marketing, he said, write down on a piece of paper, everybody's name who told you you couldn't do it. And he's like, you call that your I told you so list. And so you call that your I told you so list. And you look at that list every time and you, and you said it's like one day, right? One day I'm gonna show these people that I did what they said I couldn't do. And the funny thing about it is, once you make it to uh, whatever your level of success is or money or whatever the lifestyle you're, you're trying to tell them that you ended up doing it. It's funny that when you get there, you actually don't even care to tell them that you, you did it anymore. Right. But uh, through those tough times, that list motivates you, because when you're thinking about quitting, you're like, nah, these are the people that are rooting for me to quit. And these are also the people that I'm going to prove wrong. But I, and I never forget when I was working you know, and I'm trying to get my head right. That's when I start reading books, different things like that, because it's tough when you're making a ton of money, lose it, have to go back to work. I'm, I'm in my early 20s at this point, and uh, I know what the power of the stock market can do for me. I just got to figure out how to get back into the game. And some of you may have heard this before, but I remember on my lunch break, uh, one of the guys asked me, like, where, you know, where are you headed to? I'm like, man, I'm about to run up to the library real quick and get this book uh, called, I think it was either gonna get Think, or Grow, Think and Grow Rich, uh, or I was going to get rich that poor that uh, it might have been thinking grow rich because I remember uh, the guy looked at me and said uh, I was a co-worker I was working at like Best Buy or something he's like man he used the n-word he's like man and you trying to be rich and I remember looking at him and for a moment I felt like the outcast right and he said it like you trying to leave the rest of us you you know like what you trying to be rich or something and I remember thinking like for a split second, I had an opportunity to either go left and say, man, no, you're right. I'm not going to get that book. Let's just go to lunch. Let's go get some burgers or whatever. But I paused and I looked up at him and I said, yeah, I am. I am trying to be rich. And I could just see like that was his. I don't know if he meant to test me or just the, 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 the world just sent me that test. Uh, but I felt like at that moment, I like stood up to fear. I stood up to uh, that little voice in your head saying like, what you trying to be rich, trying to be a stock trader? That ain't gonna happen. And I looked it dead in his eye and say, yeah, I actually am. And I'm about to pursue this thing starting with my lunch break. So let me go get this book if you ain't trying to go get a book with me. And so that was one of those moments where I'm like, once again, like you see these people or these events in life that try to count you out or they try to test uh, what you really want to do. And you start to maybe question yourself and think, 
is it is it even possible? And so not not everybody was like that, though. Uh, I, I remember another time where I, I was working at Macy's or it was like Marshall Fields. Uh, it was Marshall Fields. Well, actually, it was Hudson's. Then Hudson's, uh, for any better, you remember Hudson's was one of the oldest retail stores uh, around. Hudson's was bought out by Marshall Fields. Then Marshall Fields was recently, you know, in the past few years, bought out by uh, Macy's. So technically, I was working at Hudson's or Marshall Fields and never Macy's. But I remember when I was working at Macy's and I remember, you know, I, I was dressed, you know, to the T. And I just had this different energy about me. And I, and I wish I wish I remembered the young lady's name. She's actually an older lady, but I call everybody young lady. She was an older, older, older woman. Uh, and she said, she said, can I just uh, ask you something? She said, I said, yes. Yeah. So what, it, you know, like, wh- why do you work here? And I'm thinking like, I think literally, I'm not kidding. It was about a week on the job, maybe two weeks max. And I never forgot this. This stuck with me. She said, why are you, why do you work here? I was like, and I kind of looked at her like, um, like, like, uh, what do you mean? Like they put me over here in the women's department today. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're asking me. And she said, uh, can I be honest with you? I'm like, uh, sure. Like, I don't know where she's going with this. And she said, you don't look like you belong here. You, you, wherever you came from before this, um, like you won't be here long. And what she what she went on to say to me is she said it's something about me that I have greater things within me than folding clothes in the women's department. And I almost get emotional just thinking about it because um, so it's like she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Man, I got to take a drink of water. <sighs> so, um, yeah, Whew. at like one of my lowest points, you know, she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and. You know, I, I, I held on to that, too, from the positive side. Like, man, she was like, you won't be here long. Like, you'll, you'll be back to whatever it is you were doing. She could tell I fell on hard times or, you know, some things just didn't go right. And, um, you know, I look back on that and I'm like, you know, she's right. You know, I, I won't be here for long. And uh, that led me into thinking about a teacher that I had. Named Mr. Hightower. Well, he wasn't a teacher. I forget the actual teacher, but he brought in Mr. Hightower. And I'm 99% certain that was his name. This was a long time ago. And I I I never forget when he they brought it. We're gonna call him Mr. Hightower. I believe his name was Mr. Hightower. You know a Mr. Hightower, African American gentleman who was going into high schools teaching kids about the stock market. You tell him to hit me up. <laughs> uh, cause I want to just thank that brother. And I remember when I was, a, um, I think it was our senior year in high school, uh, in our economics class, I appreciate our economics teacher too, for even having the foresight to give us this assignment. Um, they brought in Mr. Hightower and Mr. Hightower was, I don't know if he was a financial advisor. I don't know what he did, but he was obviously involved with the stock market or something. And, uh, one of our projects for school for uh it was econ for economics was we had to create a company i never forget this this always stuck with me we had to create a company and 
we had to come up with a product and then we had to issue stock shares. So we had to raise money and then we had to form a business, turn a profit and then pay back our shareholders. And at the end of the year or semester, whatever, we were going to have a party uh, if we made money with the, with the money, because the whole point was to actually raise money for the party. And man, I can't tell you how much that that assignment meant to me. So let me just break down literally what happened. And I know a lot of times we say this stuff isn't being taught in schools, but I promise you for the first time in my life, I, I can't say that statement because uh, now when I look back on it, that was the one time in my life where I was like, they actually taught me something in school that uh, they typically don't teach. And that was at uh, Osborne High School over there in Detroit. <laughs> if anybody's listened to this from Detroit, they know where Osborne is at Seven Mile and Hoover. Um, but what happened was they we had to form a committee. So I believe I don't know if I was the president or what. I remember my good friend Janelle, she was um, I don't know if she was the secretary. And then our other good friend, Cassie, was the treasurer. And I think it was the three of us. I don't remember there might have. Oh, Mario was on our team, too. I remember Mario was on our team and she was over like product development or something like that. Right. And we're just high schoolers. And so with each one of our roles, we had to pick a product. And so our product, we had to pick a product that we could buy at a reasonable price, sell at a reasonable price and still turn a profit. And so our product was rabbit's feet. So, you know, those little rabbit foot keychains. So we had to research these products and we bought uh, we came up with rabbit's feet. It's like what's low cost that we could mark up that people would buy um, at a reasonable price. And so we came up with rabbits, a rabbit's foot. And the reason we uh, came up with a rabbit's foot is we like people like to have charms on their keychain. So it's like, OK, so that's something people would buy. And then we were like, hey, these rabbit's feet come in an assortment of colors. And so we were thinking like maybe people would buy the rabbit's foot that associated with their birthstone color because you know when you depend on when you were born it's like a gemstone color and so we'll was like we was like we'll get an assortment of colors and then we'll we'll divide them up and then we'll sell these rabbit feeds people will buy them because number one they're a good luck charm people like charms on their keychain and then number three people associate with a certain color related to their birthstone so that's how we did our research and bought our product so we went online we started to look for our product and where we could buy it from and, and mr hightower helped us with that part and so we found that the rabbit's feet were if you bought like 500 of them uh it was like a dollar for 500 and so not a dollar for 500 it was a dollar per rabbit's foot minimum quantity 500 and so what we did was we said okay if we buy the rabbit's foot for one dollar how much could we sell it for and then also how much could we afford to pay our stakeholders right because we didn't have we didn't have 500 dollars uh and even if we did the the goal the whole goal was to form a company and launch stock shares and raise the capital he didn't want us putting our own money in so what we did was we found a rabbit's feet for about, I think it was a dollar. Then you got to add shipping and some other stuff. So maybe it was about a dollar uh, fifty for the rabbit's foot. OK, and so what we did was when we took the price of the rabbit's foot, we took, you know, our our, our shipping and handling costs, all that stuff. We came with a dollar fifty. And so what we did was we said, all right, we have to go to our friends, our family, our parents and ask if they want to invest in our company. And it's two dollars um, a share 
to invest in our company, right? And so what they did was our friends and our family gave us like $2. So we had to raise $2 to buy the rabbit's feet. And so each person, let's just say there was, I'm just going to say for easy math, let's just say there was 50 people in our class. It wasn't 50 people, but let's just say it was for easy math. We all had to go sell uh, 10 shares of stock. No, we had to go sell at least one share of stock. It was something like that. Uh, we had to go sell, sell at least one share of stock, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. Whatever the number is. Okay. It was $500 to get the rabbit's feet. You divide that by 50 people. Uh, we had to sell at least five shares of stock. That's what it was at like $2 um, a share. And so we went, we all went and we issued shares at $5 a share. I mean, $2 a share for, and we all had to at least sell five shares. We brought the money back and then we took the $500. We bought the rabbit's foot. So we bought the rabbit's feet for, it was a uh, $1.50, but let's just round it up to, no, we'll just leave it what it was. We bought it for $1.50 um, with, every, with everything in our ship and all that stuff. And then what we did was we sold the rabbit's foot for like $5, okay? So what happened was when we sold it for $5, everybody had to take it to work. If you had a job, you had to take it to your parents, we, just wherever you could sell it. And so we sold the rabbit's feet for five bucks. Keep in mind, we bought them for about $1.50. And so we cleared, we were clearing about $3.50. And then we agreed to pay a dollar uh, return on the investment. And so we were basically giving the parents or whoever invested with us a 50% return, okay? And so that's how we raised the money to buy the rabbit's foot. We issued shares for $2 a share. We took it and bought our rabbit's feet for about $1.50. We sold them for $5, right? And so now we got this $3.50 profit but out of that $3.50, we paid a dollar uh, capital gains return to all of our investors. And so it actually left us with about a dollar fifty. And then we took that dollar fifty and we ended up having our party. But here's what was so awesome about that. You know, as a as a kid, you think, you know, if you don't have money, if you don't have money, get involved with the stock market, you don't have money, to start a business, you don't have money to invest as a kid or even as an adult sometimes, you let that stop you from moving forward in life and doing what you wanna do. You let the lack of uh, money stop you from hitting your goals. And what was cool about that, they showed us how to think beyond not having money. He showed us how to raise money, how to pick a product, how to sell it at a profit, how to pay our shareholders and still accomplish our goal, which for us, it was just a dough a pizza party, which was super cool at the time. But just imagine if you applied that type of grit and grind today, we generated cash out of thin air by selling people on a dream on a piece of paper that we would pay them 50% return back if they invested in our little rabbit feet business. That's how we came up with the money to buy something that two weeks earlier, we literally could not afford. And so I look back on those situations. There's the people that counted us out uh, in my life. There's the teachers who wanted to put me on Ritalin and, 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 and change who I was and, and, and kind of beat me down for being outspoken. And then you got the teachers that 
uh, come with a project like this that light a little bit of spark in you and you look up and, and later on in your life, you're creating multiple six figures from the stock market. You're making an impact on YouTube. You're podcasting about it. You're creating courses around it. You, you've, you've sold thousands of courses. You're helping hundreds of members monthly change their financial future. And that is why I'm so passionate about teaching the stock market. That's why when I was talking to my best friend, I said, I, I actually do know why it is that I feel I have something to prove. I actually do know why it is that I'm determined to put these episodes out, keep making videos, even when the naysayers uh, say something negative or leave a negative comment on a YouTube video or, or something like that. It's because I remember what a great teacher did for me. I remember that I, I know what it's like to have someone that's a negative teacher and that bashes your dreams and goals or at least makes you feel like you're less than. And I know what it's like to have a positive teacher that that comes in and cares about the students and, and, and thinks about the project and thinks about you. And, and they might not have known at the time the seed that they planted or the spark, uh, the flame that would come from that spark. But man, if I feel like if they could see me now, they would be so proud and I would be so grateful to them because that little project that they thought was just something to keep us busy um, in high school, at least for one of us, turned into a career. And so, you know, I want to wrap this up by saying, you know, somebody along the way may have told you you couldn't do something. Something may have told you it was a stupid idea, may have told you, um, you know, that'll never work. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. And maybe you doubted yourself. Maybe you, you, you put your dreams on the shelf. You, you, you put it, uh, you know, locked it away and, and never to revisit it again. Um, but I'm here to tell you that, you know, you can do it. You can unlock that dream. You can still go for it. It's never too late. And when you encounter people who are telling you about their dreams, their goal, I want you to think next time before you say something negative or before you say something that may put them down because you never know whose dreams uh, you just turn the lights out on. And you also never know whose dreams that you just breathe life. You just breathe air into them to go out there and try it and make a mistake. And you never know who or what that person will become. So I want you thinking about that next time you think or talk to your kids, your friends or anybody about their dreams. And I want you to think about that when it comes to your dreams, especially if you're not going after them. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Money, Markets and Mindset podcast. We hope this episode has been educational and inspirational. To learn more about how to have your money work for you inside the stock market, visit www.thebrownreport.com.